McGregor partners with over 45 missionaries and ministries. On today's special edition of Here at Home, we'll hear firsthand from several of those partner ministries. Welcome to the Here at Home podcast, a podcast about the people here at McGregor, their stories, their ministry, and their love for Jesus. My name is Mark Bricker, and I'm the host for the Here at Home podcast. And joining me today on the podcast is Mr. Wade Harmon. Welcome back, Wade. Thank you. It's great to be back. It is good to have you back. And, uh, you know, it's it's been a few months since uh, you were on here. In fact, you were on the very first episode of season one here at home. That was quite an honor and quite exciting. I really yeah. enjoyed that time. Yeah. And while this is not technically our our episode one, it uh, it's our uh, first one back in the new year. And so nice. glad, to, glad to have you. Kind of, maybe we should do this as a, an annual thing, right? I, I like it. I'm available. Yeah. So. Well, today's podcast is about missions, right? And that's why... I ask you to come on the show again. Yes. And we have something coming up in just uh, a very short, just a few days really, is our Global Impact Celebration here at McGregor Baptist Church. What are the dates for that? It's always the last weekend in January. So wherever that falls this year, it's on the 28th, 29th, and 30th. So very excited. Many local missionaries that we partner with, uh, international and national missionaries and organizations will be here as well. Right. And we'll talk more at the end about specifically how people can get involved if they're listening to this prior to those dates. If they're listening after, they still will have an opportunity to hear an amazing podcast because we're going to hear a lot about missions, both locally here in our area and around the world. So here's what we're going to do today. Here's our format. I had the opportunity to sit down with some of the representatives uh, or, and or missionaries of missions that we partner with here as a church. And I sat down with three different rep- uh, groups that were represented and had a very long amazing discussion with these folks. It was really awesome to hear about their ministry, to hear uh, in a lot of times how God called them to ministry and, and hear what God was doing in and through their ministries currently. And so I thought it would be really neat for us to take some of the clips from those, those conversations I had and for us to, to play those clips and let other folks hear some of that, those conversations. And you and I kind of have a chance to, to talk about those and, and set them up as well as make any comments about those. Does that make sense? Yes, it sounds good. So I'm taking the pressure off of you. Yes. You don't have to deliver all the content today. Usually my guest, I'm, you know, it's, I'm just asking questions. Yep. This time you get to kind of host with me. Uh, I'm a co-host. Let's call you co-host. The Mark and Wade Show. There you go. Yeah. I like how you put my name first. Uh, well, you you're the, yes. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get rolling here. First up is Reciprocal Ministries International, or we like to call it RMI. And more specifically, Hope for Kids, because it's a, a sub-ministry of RMI. And we have some folks here at our church that are very active in, in promoting that and leading that. And why don't you go ahead and introduce them before they share a little bit about the ministry. Yeah. We're very blessed to have Kai Shanks and Bob Davis heading up uh, the directors, basically, of that program here at our church. It's a child sponsorship program uh, where you can 
sponsor a child, and through that, uh, they get uh, supplies for school, medical attention, uh, clothing, uniforms, just a wide variety of things, um, including a meal. Uh, well, don't take away everything they're going to say. Yeah. Oh, did they? I haven't seen the clip yet. <laughs> Is that in the clip? <laughs> They're going to describe the ministry. Well, they're yes. going to do it better than me. Yeah, let's let's listen to Kai. let's listen to Bob and Kai. Hope for Kids was started in 1999 by Reciprocal Ministries International to meet the physical and spiritual needs of the children in mm. Haiti. And so along with this group of um, Baptist, uh, it's an organization called Mebish. And Mebish is um, church schools that are all around the, in Haiti area, and they are providing a Christian education mm -hmm. for the children. So what Hope for Kids provides to the children is an education with a Christian worldview. It provides teachers for them. It provides um, emergency medical care for them, a hot lunch program, which is really important because the children couldn't pay attention and learn because they were hungry. Mm -hmm. And it does deworming once a year. and. Um, this has really been just wonderful for the kids. And the hot lunch program feeds a lot, a lot of children. But how many total? I don't know oh. how many total. <laughs> There's mm -hmm. around 2,000 children that are sponsored through RMI every RMI. year. Ra. Wow. Uh, in addition to the uh, sponsorship, uh, it also pays for the teacher's salaries and for the kids' curriculum, which mm. is real important. And it's, of course, a, cur a Christian curriculum right. uh, that's, that's taught, the Gospels taught, and, and shared with, with, all, with mm. all the kids. One of the things I love about RMI, and we, they are also a, a mission partner here at McGregor, yes. mm -hmm. have been for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, but that their whole goal is to be a bridge yes. between churches here in the United States and churches there yes. in Haiti and creating partnerships, right? Yes, that's the C3 partnerships. And I hope for uh, Cote d'Affaire Baptist Church is our C3 partner church. Mm -hmm. It's our sister church. You, the, I think sometimes the people at church hear sister church, they don't really understand what that means. Right. And so um, the agreement is that we go visit them at least once a year, but because of different situations in Haiti and so forth, the, our most recent trip trips. was yeah. canceled. And, and we are very disappointed, but we know God is sovereign in all of that. Yep, yep, and we're yep. trusting God for that. And um, yeah. But we really, there's one of the things that's interesting too about Haiti that only 50, that 50% 50 of the people, uh, of the 8 million people in Haiti are under 25. Mm. And that's 4 million people. And then they don't have any education and they have no hope. And so this is really good for them. Our sister church relationship involves actually seven churches. Mm. Uh, in Cote d'Affaire, the, the city church, which we call, which is where the city of Cote d'Affaire is located, is about 20,000 people where the largest church is located. But up in the mountains, which is 4,000 feet above, the Cote d'Affaire is located right on the sea, sea yeah. uh, right on the coast, south coast of Haiti. But in the mountains, um, there are six uh, other churches that are also uh, part of our sister church arrangement. You get to hear not only about Hope for Kids, but also a little bit about our partnership, our C3 partnership with uh, the church there in Haiti. Um, Again, you can sense a little bit of their enthusiasm and passion in that clip, but I, I can't wait for you, Wade, to hear uh, some of the stories uh, sharing about their own experience there in Haiti. So let's, uh, let's listen to those testimonies nice. now. The pink sunglasses relate to um, a, a young lady by the name of uh, Francesca, Francesca Lubin, uh, who 
was one of my very first sponsored children mm. uh, through the Hope for Kids program. And the very first time we went to Code Affair, all of the sponsors put together a plastic bag of different gifts, crayons, pencils, uh, combs, uh, hair bows. My wife and I went to Big Lots, and she happened to find a pair of pink sunglasses. So we put that uh, pair of sunglasses in Francesna's plastic bag. And when we all went to Haiti, uh, we had a Sunday afternoon after the regular church service, we had a, a meeting with all the kids at that school, which were over 400 kids, in the sanctuary at Cote de Fer. And we had a program, and we played games and dance and sing, and we had little, little candy gifts for them. But then after that program was over, we called all the sponsored kids back, and we presented the the plastic bags to them. And uh, Francesna was there along with uh, the other 100 plus children. And of course, I, uh, there's, it was pretty chaotic. Uh, and I got a chance to meet her, but really didn't spend any time with her. Well, one of the things that we always do is the very next day on Monday and Tuesday, we travel up the mountainside and we go to, to individual churches. Mm. So the very first uh, day uh, was Monday. We traveled up to went to a small church called Labiche. Uh, and um, we walk in the church. It's a small uh, church, uh, and in Haiti, it's it's very customary for the kids always to sit together on one side of the the aisle, and the adults always sit on the other. Well, we walked in. I was kind of the last person walked in on our team, and we were a little bit late, and all the all the uh, people were there. All the kids were there, and um, I looked over in this third few pew back. There was a, an opening in the middle of all these kids. And I said, well, you know, I don't want to be with these guys. I've been, I want to go sit with the kids. <laughs> so I went and sat down and service began and there was a little girl sit, sitting in front of me. Hmm. And um, we started singing and, and worshiping the Lord and she turned around and she had a pair of pink sunglasses on her forehead. Hmm. So this was Francesna, and later I got a chance to meet her more, talk to her family, met her mother and father and her children, or her, her siblings, etc. So then when we proceeded on down the street, uh, one of the big things there are these little mopeds, motorcycles, not mopeds, they're more like- Scooters? Um, they're yeah. dirt bikes, sort of. Oh, dirt bike. All the young men ride these mm -hmm. all the time. So we come to a corner, and there's all these young men on those dirt bikes. And so Pastor Jeff said, okay, okay, Kai, go share the gospel. And uh, my eyeballs must have popped out. I was like, Pastor, they're all guys. And he just <laughs> smiled. And so I went over and had an interpreter, and I got to share the gospel. And it was very... Um, eye-opening because they didn't want to insult me. So when I would ask them, you know, I tell them I've sinned. I didn't live a perfect life. I'm not worthy because they would say, no, I'm not going to heaven because I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy because I've told a lie. So if I've told a lie, what does that make me? And they would not say, you're a liar. So <laughs> I had to get the interpreter to say, I want him to answer me. And so he would finally, you know, like, oh, yes, you're a liar. So <laughs> They were too respectful, huh? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So just being able to go share the gospel, and that was wonderful. Seeds were planted. He didn't accept Christ right then, but God tells us to go and plant. 
It's up to him mm. to bring the fruit. Yeah. And so that was one of my most exciting days. We visited and delivered a food box to one of the members of the, of the Code Affair Church, who was an elderly lady, and she had requested that we come out and talk with her 20, early 20s daughter. Mm. Uh, picture this. There's probably in this community of homes, 50 homes, they're 10 or 15 feet apart, and the home is about the size of a smaller than a two-car garage. Hmm. Uh, in Haiti, the people only sleep in their homes. They live outside. There's chickens and dogs and pigs and, and birds and all kinds of people, and we're witnessing. John is witnessing to this young woman in front of her home. Um, finally, uh, she got down on her knees. Hmm. In, in, in the dirt and accepted Jesus as her Lord. So. Mm, wow. All right, Wade, so you were, you were uh, listening to those. What's, what's your first reaction? I, I just love the beauty of their faithfulness in going and being a witness for Christ, and the results are ultimately always up to Him. But they got out of their comfort zone, and in turn, they were mega blessed mm -hmm. by being able to do those things. Be a part. And these are, yes. these are folks that are members of our church. Yes. That said, hey, I'll go on this short-term mission yes. project. And yes. now they are been, some of them, have, I mean, Bob's been there several times. Bob has been there. I've been there with Bob before. He was yeah. a roommate one time. Yeah. So. And so now they're, they're doing what they can to, to advocate for those, those children there in Haiti. And yes. the, to see the, the gospel uh, challenge there as they go is, mm -hmm. is also awesome to, to, to hear them get excited about yes. sharing the gospel or hearing, seeing someone that receives for the first time Christ. Amen. Is, Amen. is pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to another ministry, uh, Into the Jordan. I know you're very familiar with this ministry. Joanne Medania is the executive director, heads up that ministry. And I had a chance to sit down with her and hear uh, her share uh, about the ministry, describe the ministry, as well as share some stories as well. But let's let's listen to her give us a description because maybe some people that are listening are like, into the Jordan, what's that all about? Well, let's listen to Joanne. We exist to bring the hope of Jesus to women that are caught in the bondages of um, human trafficking mm -hmm. and sexual exploitation here in Southwest Florida. We've kind of developed um, some pillars in the past couple of years um, that kind of really focus on you know four distinct areas. So mm -hmm. we want to redeem our women. Um, we want to restore them to who God's called them to be, mm -hmm. restore their dreams. Um, we want to equip them with the skills that they need um, to live the lives that they deserve. And we want to empower them, you know, empower them to be the best moms that they can to their children, empower them so that they can live a fulfilling life and the purpose that God has called them. The truth of the matter is um, human trafficking is taking place in every city, in every state across the country and around the world. Um, unfortunately, unfortunately, Florida ranks number three in the mm -hmm. nation for the number of calls that the Human Trafficking um, Awareness Hotline receives each year. Wow. Now, that could be a good thing because that can mean that, you know, we have that awareness here in our state so that the survivors and the victims know where they can go to turn and get help. Right. Um, but, you know, it is very prevalent, unfortunately. It's just kind of hidden in plain sight is what I've learned um, over the course of the past few years. Yeah, Wade, uh, human trafficking is not something probably you or I think about on a regular basis, but yet it still is happening all around us right here in Southwest Florida. And I remember the first time 
listening to uh, folks from Into the Jordan share. We had uh, uh, Kristen was um, there in our life group, uh, was the, the missionary for our life mm-hmm. group, and sharing about it. And I think everybody was like, really? What? Here? That's going on? Yes. So tell us a little bit more about this ministry and our partnership with them. Well, we've partnered with them for several years, um, and it's an amazing uh, ministry here locally. And the more you begin to understand about human trafficking, you begin to see just how exploited, how these mostly girls, but some young men as well, are groomed from an early age. Uh, They are manipulated, handled, uh, uh, oppressed, bullied. It's just tragic. And so there's a lot of care that needs to happen to bring these people out of it. They, they don't know how to do some of these basic things that most people would learn in a, in a stable environment right. growing up. And so it's really a, a daunting task, but a very worthwhile task um, to get into. Yeah, and, uh, and to have that, that gospel-centered nature, the very first yes. of her four pillars yes. was redeemed. Yes. The, the desire mm-hmm. to see these, uh, these ladies come to know yeah. Christ. In fact, one thing that we do as a church is that we have provided uh, new Bibles for many of these women that I- enter into the program, and just the reactions they get that they can't believe that this is their very own Bible. And it's just uh, neat to see them encounter God's Word, be trained, be equipped, be discipled uh, through the ministry. Yeah. Let's listen to Joanne share a, a little bit of a testimony of how God's been working through that ministry. The life change that I've seen, like literally seeing them coming come in um, and they just look dead. There's no, there's no light in their eyes. You know, they are... Um, they're just broken, mm. right? But you know, we sit down with them and we pray with them. We meet their physical needs. You know, we try to meet their spiritual needs. You know, all the different needs that they have, um, we try to work with them and kind of, but basically, pointing them to who Christ is and mm. that He's their Savior and He's the only one that right. can that can bring them out of this dark pit. Mm. And when when they get that, mm. you know, just it's like they're filled with light. Like it, it's a transformation that I can't even explain in words, um, but it's so beautiful and I've just seen it over and over in this ministry and it's just the best part of my job is just to see that you know and to hear them say you know that now they have hope there's another young woman who came to us um, two years ago I believe and she um, would had been arrested and you know she was introduced to her therapist at the time and she was introduced as train wreck you know mm-hmm. she's like yeah I was formerly known as train wreck um, but she came to us, um, got involved in our life skill groups, got involved in Bible study. We got her into Ryan Hope House, um, which is a local rehabilitation home for women. Um, and I'm, I'm proud to say right now she's doing our work study. Well, she's finished our work study program. She's now working for the ministry <clears throat> in our store. Excuse me. And um, she's also taking biblical counseling classes. Oh, wow. At a a local church. And she's about to finish that. And then, you know, that's that's what we want. We want our women to um, become survivor leaders and, and, you know, to be able to reach the next generation um, and and, and the other women that are still trapped in the bondages of human trafficking, you know, to kind of show them um, and give them encouragement and inspiration. What's your reaction after hearing hearing that, Wade? Well, I just love uh, to hear that, and I've heard many uh, stories of these precious women whose lives have been 
changed and it's it, it's amazing in fact she mentioned briefly uh, they have a, a store underneath their ministry where these women can work and get some job skills and some education and training uh, it's right across from Lee Memorial Hospital mm-hmm. and some really nice items in there uh, and so that's that's one component and as I was listening I was thinking I mentioned real briefly that I can't keep track of everything. <laughs> And I can't tell you how many times casually somebody will just in a conversation mention, oh, our life group takes a meal to into the Jordan women every Tuesday night. We've been doing it for years. Mm. Or a, a young mother that I'm thinking about, I, I go every week at this time in order to speak into those women's lives. And just to hear how our church is engaging in into the Jordan, it, it's just a blessing. Yeah. And, and I... Like I said, I just casually hear these stories. Yeah, and I'm sure there's a lot more yeah. that you never hear. You never hear. I never hear. Yeah. But it is neat to be able to, to have Joanne sit down and share some of yeah. these and yes. just kind of get a taste of yes. the, yeah. the, the impact that this ministry yeah. is having on those ladies. Well, let's move on to our next, uh, next ministry. And up next is Danny and Sarah Leitner. And I know you know the Leitners. They're with Family Legacy Missions International. Whew, that's a long name. Family Legacy Missions International. They're serving in Lusaka, Zambia, 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 yeah. Zambia, <laughs> Zambia. And uh, let's let them tell us a little bit about their ministry. We live in Zambia, Africa, serving with Family Legacy Missions International. So, and what is your role? I'm the programs director. So most of what directly touches the kids that we do in uh, any programs that we have in Zambia for the kids. Um, is under my supervision. We have um, two basic ministries that kids are in. So the first one uh, is a school. So it's an education-based um, system. So in the in the city of Lusaka, which is the capital city of Zambia, three million people. Um, Zambia has the highest per capita orphan rate anywhere in the world, largely due to the the AIDS epidemic years ago. It's better now, but it, it killed off an entire generation mm. of people. And so it's a nation of children. The The average age in Zambia is 16 years old. Really? Yeah. Wow. So there, you, you drive around the city and you see, you see children everywhere and you're like, where are their parents? Where are the adults? Mm. There aren't many. That's the, that's the problem. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we set up 22 schools all around the capital city of Lusaka that we run, and we serve about, on average, about 600 kids in each school. Wow. So we have about 13,000 kids. In your own private school in our system, own private. basically. That's, that's yeah. Cool. yeah, it's a whole school district. On yeah. yeah. And what's great about the schools system that we have is that it's like a family, and we care for them not only with education. We use that as a, the tool to get children in because education is important, but that's a Christian education that they're mm-hmm. getting and they're getting discipled and loved on. We have a medical team that goes around and takes care of children that are in need. Mm-hmm. We also have counseling for the children as well, and they get a hot meal at lunch every day. But for the children that are the most vulnerable, the one that don't have anyone taking care of them, someone that may have a great medical need or um, extenuating circumstances beyond 
beyond the normal. Um, we have a children's village for them. So on the east mm. side of Lusaka, we have about 100 acres where we have a children's village. And in that village, they have about between six and 700 children at a time there. And that's a full-time residential care facility mm. with about 60 homes, 60 homes. Mm. And each home has about 10 children and two Zambian house moms. Mm. And that's like a little village in of itself. So there's a medical clinic with a trained um, American pediatric doctor, pediatrician doctor that's there and taking care of them full time. Mm. And uh, we have a school. So that's another school that we have a school right there for those children to go to. And um, they get, they also have medical care and uh, counseling care and social services care, all that kind of thing right there at mm. the village. Okay. So I was pretty, um, impressed, blown away with uh, the ministry yes. that they're involved in over there in Lusaka. Uh, I know you're, you probably have known about what they've been doing for a little bit longer than I have, probably a lot longer. Um, but yeah, that, to have a school system of 22 schools with an average of 600 students. And uh, Danny has recently been given a new position where he's over all of those schools yes. now, basically like a superintendent of a pretty large school district. Uh, and just a powerful influence they have on on those children and and the and the gospel centrality of what they're trying to do there in Lasaka with those schools is is amazing. It, it's amazing, and that's how a, a a nation gets changed is through something like this, and to have leadership uh, like Danny and Sarah making curriculum for the kids, speaking into the teachers' lives, the house mom li house mom's lives, all the staff, and then all the kids, uh, it filters out into the community and then beyond. And it's just, it's amazing to see uh, how the Lord's been orchestrating all that since they initially got to the field, not not too many years ago. No, it hadn't been that long, yep. exactly. And you know, he had been in the pastorate yes. uh, for, for quite a few years, and God called them to... Uh, they have a, a very fascinating call story. If you, I would encourage our listeners, especially if you're here at McGregor and you have a chance if, when they're here sometime stateside yes. uh, to, to, to listen to yes. that call uh, yes. to, to, to Zambia, specifically where yes. they're serving now. Yeah. yeah, we're very blessed that they have family in our church. So anytime they're stateside, we always get to uh, give them a hug and see them. Yeah. And uh, they were here, obviously, fairly recently. I was able to sit down with them in that conversation and just uh, just recently have headed back. Mm -hmm. uh, let's, let's let them share a little bit of how God's at work over there. And even though they were currently here, they have quite a few stories. So let's listen to, uh, listen to one. At our Children's Village, we have anywhere between six and 700, depends on um, the year, but right now about 700. And one of those children that came to live at our children's village. Her name is Blessing, and which I love the name, right? Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> and um, she was a child that had been in one of our legacy academies, but her vulnerability status had changed. And what had changed with her is she had a bad infection in one of her feet. And um, her foot was so infected that some of the, the local doctors had taken um, and had to amputate part of it. Hmm. When our local doctor heard about our our doctor there at the village heard about it. He said, oh, wait, 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 wait. Give me some time um, with some um, medicine that I have and with the power of the Lord. Um, give us some time with blessings. So blessings, even though she had a family, she was brought into our, um, into our, our um, children's village. And 
she was wheelchair bound, had to have around the clock um, medical care, and had antibiotics several times a day, and uh, which were just it was just a horrible situation. She was very very sick, mm. um, but people were loving on her, praying for her, um, pouring into her life, and our our girls, um, our big girls, um, twelve and fourteen, loved to go over and be with blessing and just be with her, play games with her, read with her, um, color and do those kind of things with her. And after around the clock care for several weeks, Blessing started making a change and, and growing and started to have um, healthy days and good days. And the the part of her foot that was um, needing to be healed was starting to get better and she was mm. having good days. And, and she started to learn more and be able to go to school and, and those types of things. And it was just a re- really neat time for our girls because they were able to see that, you know, some some people, what they need is love, and they need the love of the Lord. And pouring into someone like that um, was a really neat thing that our girls knew how to do. You know, sometimes we think ministry is something that you know, safe for the professionals. And really, you know, what what people need is they need the love of Jesus. And, and you can be 12 or 14. You can be three years old, like our little boy, and and give someone a hug, and that could be the ministry that Jesus wanted you to do in that day. Mm. That that is the, the way that the Lord uses people that of all ages, and from all denominations, and from all um, walks of life, and from all races, to love and care for each other. And right. our girls um, have really had a neat impact in her little life because mm. of just the love of Jesus that they've been able to share with her. What are your thoughts, Wade? I, I love a story like that because it is sharing Christ's love and speaking into a person's life, not just one and done, but really investing in blessings life and to see that life change. Yeah. And uh, it's just cool. I mean, those stories are going on all the time, all around the world. And uh, they shared us another story. Um, they had when they first got there they told them you need to have a housekeeper and they're like we don't need a housekeeper like no you need everybody has a housekeeper so they they had a got a housekeeper housekeeper wasn't a believer but over a period of a few years several years just living out their faith Mm -hmm. talking with this uh, it was i can't remember how many years it Mm -hmm. was but um, over a period of two or three years, that that housekeeper came to know Christ, yeah. and it was just a neat, neat story of just their faithfulness. And you know, as I'm as I'm listening to that, I'm I'm reminded of just the kind of sacrifice that Danny and Sarah are making on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. You know, we think we're sacrificing when we go serve, take a meal, do something. Mm-hmm. They've taken their family, yes, all their kids. And they're living in Zambia, mm-hmm. and they're apparently loving it and serving. Yes. But yeah. they have—I mean, talk about a disruptor and, and the willingness to, to make mm-hmm. some major changes. Yeah. And you know, I, I was I was blessed by the time I got to spend with them. Yeah, I really was. They're an amazing couple and family. They really are. And I want to I want to thank you uh, as we get closer to the end here, because as I had the idea, as Christian and I had the idea to put this kind of special GIC edition here at home podcast together, episode together. Um, I ask you who would be some folks that, you know, mm. would, would work well in that kind of setting or be people that would be available. And I thank you for bringing these three. Uh, it, it just, it worked out great. And I know there's a lot more you could have given me, you know, yes. 30 names, 40 yes. names, but 
this was this was great, and I think it worked out wonderful to have these folks on here. Let's let's wrap up by talking about GIC because sure. we've had a chance to hear these stories. Yes. But if someone's listening now and it's not yet GIC has not happened, which is January, what are the dates again? 28, 29, and 30. All right. So if they're listening for that and they they can get a taste of this. Absolutely. Well. So uh, how can how can they how can they be involved? Well, the first thing would be to come to our mission mingle breakfast uh mission the, mingle I mission like mingle that. uh it's on the saturday morning uh the missionaries will be there they will share a brief little uh story uh about what god's doing in and through the ministry they'll also be dispersed at all the different tables so you um may sit next to bob and kai or you know yeah. joanne and you can ask them questions and then also uh, on our main street um their booths will be set up so you can go around and get literature and chat with them more. So that's that's really the first opportunity. If you're plugged into a life group here at McGregor, the life groups uh, will also be having events for them, either hopefully on that Saturday afternoon or evening or Sunday after church. That's another way to get to chat right. with them. And then Sunday morning, they'll be all over campus. They'll be in our worship services. They'll be in the life groups. They'll be on Main Street. Their booths. Yes. yes. And so if you really see something that you uh, have an interest or someone or some ministry and you cannot connect with them, uh, they'll have information on the table, sign-ups on how you can get on their website or how you can get plugged into their newsletter. All of these missionaries and ministries need prayer. They need people to come alongside of them and, and support them. And so just great opportunities for the whole church body to get plugged in. Yeah, I really hope people take advantage of that. I know for me personally, those uh, around the table uh, opportunities just to ask them yes. questions. You know, yes. what's, what's been, you know, the, the neatest mm -hmm. thing that's happened this past year? What's mm -hmm. been your greatest struggle? How can I pray for you? Yes. I've learned so much about different ministries and missions mm -hmm. through our GIC. And it's just by making myself available. That's really all, you know, stopping and talking to somebody at their booth, you mm -hmm. know, every, I love that on Sundays, walking through there and seeing all the conversations right. happening at the booths. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes you might have to wait a little bit because someone's in line in front mm -hmm. of you, but be patient and yes. they'll eventually uh, get yes. to you there and have a chance yeah. to talk with them. And I will tell you, we have an amazing uh, guest coming in Sunday morning, Jim Law. He's with our, our North American Mission Board. Uh, and so he's uh, going to be here Sunday morning and just going to uh, really challenge us to get more plugged in as believers into what God's doing locally, nationally, and internationally. Yeah. While GIC is designed to be a blessing to those missionaries, it's also designed to be a challenge to us, right? Yes. In fact, at my orientation with the missionaries every year, I say, we want to bless you all. We want you to feel rested and recuperated, but we also want you to lay it on our members and challenge them to get more plugged in uh, to missions and serving, uh, whether that's here locally or it's vocationally uh, someplace in the States or around the world. Because uh, I get great joy when one of our members gets called out to serve our Lord full-time. And we've been very blessed uh, over 50 people over the years have, have gone on from McGregor uh, to serve in some capacity, either short-term, a few months, to lifelong uh, career missionaries. Yeah, that's awesome. And not to mention the hundreds and hundreds of people that are excited about serving in a short-term capacity yes, yes. or even in a local ministry mission Absolutely. right here. 
Yeah, that's wonderful. Well, we'll be praying for GIC and uh, thank you so much for being a part of this special edition of Here at Home. And I think this is going to wrap up another episode of Here at Home. Thank you, Wade, for being a part of that. And thank you, listeners. Also, we appreciate you so much being a part of the Here at Home community. And if you haven't yet subscribed uh, to our Here at Home podcast, go ahead and do that. We'll be getting ready to kick off season two here real shortly. And you want to get those notifications when those new episodes start coming into your uh, podcast player, right, Wade? That's right. You're a subscriber. Yeah, I was one of the first. Yeah, you were the maybe the first subscriber and the first guest. I think I might have been. I don't want to. Yeah, you, you know. don't want to toot your own yeah, horn. Exactly. All right. Well, thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys soon right back here at home.